if you have a healthy culture and you've got customers that love you and you've got quality products, you've been branding. You may not call it that. Um, even operational discipline, like good systems, because that all goes down to the human experience. That's why systems exist. Um, and, and I think that that's why we find in the work that we do, especially like late stage startups where, you know, they're like, we're finally ready to brand, but they've been working on their culture and their customer experience and, and their, all of that. They just haven't got to the part about messaging and articulation and all that. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketing listeners, and welcome to today's episode. It's an extra fun one because we have not one, but two guests, and we are talking my favorite topic, branding, of course. Our guests today are Emily Sikorsi and Justin Foster of Root and River Branding. They are a brand strategy team that guides leaders to master intrinsic branding. Intrinsic brands are known by their consistently evocative language, standard setting experiences, and legendary storytelling. They believe that every great brand is a spiritual experience and starts with a powerful message. And on top of that, they have recently co-authored the book called Rooting Up, Essays on Modern Branding. So Emily and Justin, welcome. I am excited to have you both here today. Thank you so much for having us. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Of course. Of course. So tell us, congratulations on publishing a book. Tell us a little bit about Rooting Up. Yeah, so it's an it's a book of essays about modern branding. And there are 33 short, really powerful, easy to read, pick up and put down essays that really do this thing that I call shaking the box. Like it sort of upturns what you think branding is all about and gives you a new lens on what branding really isn't anymore, what we used to think it was and what it what it is today. We also talk a little bit about leadership because how you lead is also how you brand. So those two are really closely tied. And um, it's, like I said, a very easy to pick up and put down book. That's that is awesome. I'm excited to to read it. Um, it reminds me, one of my favorite books still to date is one that I got actually from a college course called Juicing the Orange. I don't know if you all have heard of it, mm-hmm. but very similar, very short, like it was for advertising. So it was very short, like essays on really creative advertising campaigns. And it's still one that like I pick up and flip through when I need a little bit of like inspiration or just marketing marketing mojo to kind of get going. So um, tell, so you believe in brands that are a force for good. And I, I love this idea. I, I saw it. It was so consistent throughout your website. Tell us about that philosophy and how it really guides your branding process. Well, Emily and I met coming up on eight years ago at a conference. And one of the things that we immediately bonded over is the sad state of affairs of marketing and branding. 
that you know it's had been primarily used as a propaganda tool um, by you know governments and brand and you know corporations and whatnot and so we thought you know it's a tool that means it can be used for good and there are examples of, there were examples of it um, and but as we began to look at the type of people that we want to work with the kind of leaders that we want to work with there was this kind of uh, common thread of frustration is that these good people, good hearted people, clear hearted people that were very motivated to use their business or their brand or their organization to change the world sucked at branding in many, many cases. There was a sort of insecure humility about it. And um, one of the things that we say is make make the world react to you. Um, you know, your message is what your heart has to say to the world. Your audience isn't who you're looking for. It's who's looking for you. And so we, we found that if we, we're heretics in many ways within marketing and branding um, in, the, in, this, in that sphere. And so therefore, it makes sense that we'd be attracted to heretics within the, especially within the business sector that are um, interested in doing the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing. And that's that's kind of where it was bo born from. It also is an extension of our pers individual personal missions and our our business's mission, which is to inspire leaders to go inward. We believe that if we have more contemplative leaders, it'll make a dent in the universe. I like that. As someone who also believes that branding and marketing can make a positive difference in the world, I think that it's it's a really refreshing take. I think marketing and and sometimes branding have gotten a really bad rap about kind of being that spin tool and being, you know, sort of coercing people or misleading them into kind of like these false premises. And so it's always it's always disheartening when you kind of see people using it like that. So I think it's I think it's really fantastic area to focus on. And I I really enjoy that you focus on leadership as well, because I think that's something that throughout my career I've seen as people, you know, whether it's a small business owner, whether it's in a corporate environment, sometimes you get to a point where they realize that they want branding. These leaders realize that they want it or that they want to change their branding, but it's actually a very difficult um proposition to kind of get them by it to buy in to that branding for good and not just branding for kind of the shiny experience of branding. So mm -hmm. I think to weave your leadership in and to you it has to start at the top. You can't you can't have marketing kind of driving that in the organization and not have any of that buy-in. So branding always I always tell my clients too like it it has to start with you and it has to come from you at all times or it just falls flat and it's not actually going to manifest itself the way that you hope it does. So yeah. we really believe that branding is, is not a department. It's not a marketing team or branding team. Branding and marketing are really the job of everyone in the organization, mm -hmm. but not even that, that, that everyone in the organization is the brand. They embody the brand. And so that's as true of the leader as it is of a frontline employee or somebody in marketing. And the more we get comfortable owning who we are as a brand and what has brought us together almost from a deeper spiritual level, the more the brand will really resonate. 
And so that's, we consider that to be really deep work. And instead of shying away from that in business, which was sort of the case, definitely was the case in the 20th century and the early 21st century, we think that's the place you should go. You shouldn't be afraid of, of diving into your humanity and pulling the brand, the pillars, the, the beliefs, the convictions out of that, articulating it, and then making it a practice for everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I, some, I read an article a few a few months back, and it said one of the positive things, like the impact of COVID on marketing and branding, one of the positives that have, has come out of it is that COVID really managed to humanize a lot of brands because you couldn't kind of hide behind that facade anymore. We all sort of had this like unifying experience that we were going through. So is that something, do you all find that to kind of be true that in in some respects now going forward, people are a lot hungrier for that human element post, I'm going to say post COVID or as we start to kind of emerge from COVID or is it sort of the same? Do you not really see kind of much of a change? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, we, we, and you may have a different view of this, but I think nature kills pretense. So, you know, in any form, if you're like, you know, you think of those survival shows where the where the where they don't have the skills or the mindset they're the first ones to quit or you know get injured or something and so you take that on a macro level global level and so what i think happened is is that the pandemic revealed who people really were a lot more um and i think that there is a layer of humanity that's been emerging for a while especially in companies run by women and people of color that um the pandemic gave them a new platform of engagement that they would maybe not have reached so quickly before. Um, I don't think it humanized brands that were already dehumanized, though. I think it made Facebook more evil, um, especially in light of the, you know, the the hate groups and the January sixth, you know, their their role in that, and 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 so and there are other companies that were like that too that were exploited um the pandemic for gain and but they were they weren't good brands they weren't like wholesome ethical brands to begin with so but the ones that that did emerge from all, all this um i think of the brand liquid death uh the water brand it's a it's an alpine water brand one of my favorite brands they emerged from this you know as because they showed their truly their human side um and southwest is another one and Costco is another one there, you know, they, they certainly became the ones that were already human became more accessibly human. But I think to your question, I think that um, people are and brands are in a new or rising era, right? It, we're not out of the woods entirely yet, but what we're seeing is that brands and marketing teams and sales teams are really trying to figure out how to bring that human connection back. Um, yes, the pandemic allowed the curtains to, to come up and, you know, we have our dogs barking in the background and everyone just was sort of on the same page. So it was this bonding experience, but it was also after, you know, nearly two years of being remote and being virtual, I think there's a great craving for the human side, like the true, like in-person human side. Like, how do we do this anymore? Like, how do we continue, um, to connect with people in a meaningful way that that is still human and not entirely virtual, not entirely 
remote. And I'm using those two words, but I, with the knowledge that we will be more remote and virtual moving forward than we ever have been before. So it's not about just bringing everyone back to the office, but brands are really trying to find a way to, and people, human beings are trying to find a way to connect meaningfully again. And it's, I don't have any answers necessarily right now. It's, it's sort of a gray area or an uncharted territory that we're all moving into. Absolutely. I think the I think to your point that the brands that are going to emerge really strong are the ones that were human to begin with and now is just has made them more acceptable because there's kind of this common tie and we've sort of stopped viewing brands as as brands sometimes and we see that there's people behind them and there are people that are working really hard to make them successful um so i think that's i think that's fantastic so you focus on a concept called intrinsic branding what's intrinsic branding <laughs> yeah intrinsic branding is the idea that uh brands are agrarian or um more like nature than more than they are engineered. And so they come from a root system and they, so, you know, the shortcut of that is branding from the inside out, but it's deeper than that because it's about uh, the, 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 the practice of sort of a collective con contemplativeness to go into an organization and say, what is our mission? Not our mission statement, because nobody cares about that, but what's our mission? What's our why as Simon Sinek referred to it? Um, what's our, what do we believe in? What are we willing to fight for, or take stands on? What are our standards about how we treat each other? Um, what's our vision for the future? And that's all the root system and this kind of this collective that makes up the brand. Like you said, it's it, the brand. A brand is a proxy for the souls that make up the organization. You know, customers, um, team members, and whatnot. And then from there, it's a matter of okay, how do we express ourselves authentically out into the world? And for us, that's primarily teaching, working with our clients on the messaging and language of re basically rewriting using ontological structures to rewrite how they talk about their brand or redesign how they talk about their brand. Um, and then storytelling as a, as a discipline in an organization and, and then um, leveraging personal brand or thought leadership inside of organizations to give brands, corporate brands, more faces that they can show to the world um, that of, of the humans behind the brand. And that, so that's this process of int intrinsic branding that really is just showing the world who you truly are. The opposite of this would be regular or traditional branding, which is building a construct, building an image. And John Wooden, the famous uh, UCLA, UCLA basketball coach said, don't worry about your image, worry about your character and your reputation will take care of itself, paraphrasing there. But similar uh, principle as we teach our clients and as it relates to intrinsic branding is your your reputation will take care of itself if you do the right things from the very beginning with your brand, your culture, or whatnot. I I was listening to a podcast recently, and the the guest said, you know, branding is less of a construction process and more of an excavation process, meaning you really do have to kind of do that deep internal dive to bring it bring out what is already there. It's not something that you can falsely construct and then give people instructions on how to behave around and have it come across like authentic and genuine. So I think that's, I think that is exactly right. And it's something, so when you talk about intrinsic branding and you think about it, like 
a lot of times I hear, especially from small businesses, entrepreneurs, things like that, you know, branding is for for big corporations, right? I am I am a tiny little I am a mom and pop or I am very small. Why do I even need to focus on branding? And how how do you respond to that? Because I as as a branding fanatic, I say, you know, branding is the foundation of everything. It's going to drive, it's the measuring stick by which you're going to make every decision for your business. It's going to be how you find the right people to work with. And if you sell products, it's going to be the products that you choose. It's going to be the physical space if you have it. It really just drives in my mind every decision. But I hear so often like, oh, that's just, it's not for me. I don't need it yet. I'll worry about it later. Yeah, there's that chicken and egg thing, I think, a little bit with brand. Um, they Oftentimes people think, oh, I'll, I'll deal with that later. I'll get my business up and running. And of course, it's important to, you know, we hold the business and the brand in equal stead. And that's our approach that we, you know, you can't put the business way above the brand and then the brand suffers and vice versa. If you have the brand way above the business, then you're probably not making money or not making ends meet. And so there's really no reason for the business. They need to be equally weighed. But, you know, it, it is a process that it benefits new business owners to begin with some deep work and that solid foundation of why you're doing this, what what contribution it's making to the community, to the world. And um, because it, as you said, it dictates every, it can really either dictate or inform almost every part of the business. So one of the things that our clients discover when we work together is that, oh, this is for, this is what we can use to hire. This is what we can use to grow our team. This is what we can use to determine if we want to have a partnership with someone um, or work strategically with another aligned organization. So there's really this, this idea that branding is just just that image or just the logo and the colors and like a flashy tagline. And that's, that's not it at all, right? It's, it's so deep. So, you know, the right time would be in those formative stages, but also the right time is whenever you feel called to the work. And we work with a lot of established brands that have been quietly awesome and have had great cultures all along the way, but have never pulled the car over, as we like to say, to look under the hood and figure out why that is and really articulate that. So, when and you know anyone in your audience if they feel a call to to kind of figure out what it's all about and what's making this work that is the call to brand and um pay attention to it if you dismiss it you really run the risk of just not being differentiated getting out of whack with the business and the brand and having a big gap that you now have to come over and it will cost you more time and more money and you're probably also losing a lot of potential clients um, in the process, because if you're not clear with your brand and you want people to come in and try to figure out what it's all about, instead of being very clear and telling them from the outset, people don't have time for that anymore. We have three seconds, right? When somebody visits a website, um, and, and you're really doing your audience a disservice. You're not, if you think you pride yourself on customer service, but you're not telling your audience what your brand is all about, you're not great at customer service. I think that's fantastic. I, I brands to me really do. They drive every every part of your business. So I think it's just really, it's really fantastic to focus on. And it's never. I, I like your point. It's it's never too late to 
do the work. And I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I've missed the boat. I got so bogged down in starting the business that it was, I didn't think about it, but now it's just too late. And so I'm sort of stuck with it. But I think that it's always, you have the opportunity to always go back and kind of evaluate and start to make those adjustments as you go along the way to really kind of pull out the best and like bring your brand, bring your brand out to light. So I think think just, just one little thought there that you brought up that I think is really important is um, it's likely that if you're a, a founder of a small company or the CEO of a you know mid-sized business or whatnot, if you have a healthy culture and you've got customers that love you and you've got quality products, you've been branding. You may not call it that. Um, even operational discipline, like good systems, because that all goes down to the human experience. That's why systems exist. Um, and and I think that that's why we find in the work that we do, especially like late stage startups where, you know, they're like, we're finally ready to brand, but they've been working on their culture and their customer experience and, and their, all of that. They just haven't got to the part about messaging and articulation and all that. So um, the other point there is that even a solo brand, uh, whether that's your, a personal brand of a, of a corporate leader or a solo entrepreneur, you already have a brand. Um, it's, so it's just a matter of whether or not you're going to decide to work on it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a really I think that's a really great point. And what I like to tell people too when they when they talk to me about it is anytime you build a great brand, it really does make marketing your business easier. So if you're concerned and you're looking at the bottom line of like how do I how do I make this business work? How do I get the right customers who are going to make the purchases from me and how do I become profitable? If you've got that foundation and you stick to it and you are really fanatical about sticking to it, those come to you naturally because marketing is about finding the right people at the right time with the right message and your brand really is going to drive that. Like who do I connect with and why do I connect with them? And then that how becomes a lot easier in my opinion. So how do you how do you kind of coach people through that branding to marketing shift and how do you help them like make the distinction between what those those two are well i think we like we like to say that um brand is the conversation you want to have with the market and marketing is how you have it how when where you have it so unless you have clarity about those deeper and more important conversations you really just sort of, and, and I don't know, I'll raise my hand to this, like the earlier days, earlier in my career, it's, is that rat race of trying to like, what do we say? Where do we say it? What do we say? Where do we say it? Over and over and over again. When you can lock down what you want to say, then you can more strategically look at all the various venues for how and when to say it and just be more strategic, do A-B testing. It just, it makes everything so much easier. So branding is really foundational. Um, branding won't shift. You know, we sometimes work with clients. I mean, our goal is that we, we uncover a brand that's going to last for the life of the brand. Um, in some cases, they need to tune up maybe three years from now, but it's not a drastic shift from the message that we came up with. It's foundational. Like it, it, it literally doesn't shift. Marketing plans are constantly changing. You know, we really suggest you only have kind of a three-month plan and then reassess. Um, so those are things that are going to shift all the time. Brand is, is rooted in your soul. Soul. We call it the soil of soul. That's where brands come from. 
marketing is what you do. It's not who you, it's not the being, which is on the brand side, it's the doing. So those are some distinctions that we make. And, you know, you, um, in order to shift between, I, I think, you know, like I said, the, the brand doesn't shift, the marketing will shift regularly. And um, that's a very healthy, healthy way of life cycle. Absolutely. So as we kind of come to the close and we want to tie this all together. What is one actionable step? So if listeners are are listening to you and going, okay, I'm, I am ready to tackle this, what is a step that they can take today to either better refine or start thinking about their brand if they haven't done it already? Yeah, I think that the, the starting point outside of just having a good contemplative practice, if you're a leader that meditates and journals and ask good questions about yourself and life and you got a healthy level of curiosity and skepticism, you're on your way. But as far as a specific thing, we, uh, we, we jokingly refer to this and I'm not sure if I can use profanity, <laughs> but uh, it's like bullshit bingo is what we call it. And you go through and you make you, you with fresh eyes, you look at your website and you eliminate all the language that either isn't true or that you don't believe. Like when you, it doesn't move you. And, it's an interesting, an interesting thing because we teach. It's been taught in marketing that you know you have to kind of put a little shine on the pumpkin. You know, you got to make it look a certain way, and there's some truth to that. But especially newer generations of consumers are super sensitive to stuff that's pretentious or um, false or um, you know uh, pretend. Um, and so I, I think that's the first step. For me, I I would recommend that you block time on the calendar that you are going to kind of take an inward deep dive into your, we call them beliefs. Um, some people call them core values. And I'll give a couple of questions that you can ponder in that hour or afternoon, you know, grab a journal, go outside, get out of your office and just you know, ask yourself the following questions. Um, what have you always believed in that no one ever taught you? So something that was just on board with who you are from the beginning. Meditate on that and jot some things down. Um, or if you are a parent or you're a mentor, you're an aunt or an uncle, what am I trying to, through the way I live and the way I am, what am I trying to instill in my children? or my mentees, or um, maybe you're a teacher or in a mentor. And what is it like vital that they know I believe before they leave my sphere of influence? Um, another way to come at that is what would I willingly get arrested for to defend? What ideas are so secret to me that I would take to the streets, that I would spend my time and energy and risk arrest to defend? Sit with those questions and they will be revealers of your deeper beliefs. And your personal brand is your professional brand. There is no difference. There's no variable there. So digging into these questions for yourself personally, have a direct line of sight into the brand as everyone else in your professional world experiences that. Those those questions I think are so such great ways to kind of sit with it. And really, even as you were reading them, I like I had gut reactions where I was like, oh man, like I can just, I can feel it kind of in my core of like what I would say to those questions. And it immediately kind of like 
spun my wheels to how does that translate to my business, to how I help clients, how I talk about my craft and, and my love of marketing. So I think that's, I think that that is fantastic. Thank you both for your time and expertise today. I am so grateful. If listeners want to connect and learn more, where can they find you? Well, we invite you to visit rootandriver.com, R-O-T-N-River.com and follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, or Meta, I should say, all the socials. Um, and we would love to have you join our newsletter list. We send out a newsletter called The Ethical Marketer, where we really focus on both soulful and ethical marketing. So we, we're out there. We both have personal handles as well, and, and we'd love to, to see you there as well. Fantastic. All right, Start Marketing listeners, you've got some great steps you can go and take today to refine your brand, make it more human, and connect more authentically with your target audience. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want more access to advice tailored to your individual index, individual experience, don't forget you can also join the Start Marketing community at getauthenticbranding.com slash startmarketing. Until next time.